morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show and you are joined by my amazing co-host, Monica, as well as myself, none other than the one, the only, Lawson Walters. <laughs> Good thing there is only one. I don't think we could put up with more. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Let's clone you. Uh, that's, no, well, I don't want that. I don't want. To, I, I'll, imagine you being, want to be the one. Imagine cloning yourself and then getting outshined by the clone. <laughs> that now that would be. I'm pretty sure the clones are always like a little bit dumber than the original, aren't they? Isn't that? I how feel like that's works? that's like a science fiction thing. Uh, okay, well, okay. I don't think you could actually clone me. <laughs> I mean, we you can cl- quote unquote clone humans, but it's just by like taking their DNA and da da da. But in terms of like actually just manifesting another one of me that could sit here right now and do this job. No way. No one could you, do this job. If you if you could, would you never do it? What like, do you mean? Clone yourself? Um, I would do it if the clone was totally subservient to me. <laughs> and it's like, all right, uh, I've done radio this morning. I'm going to take a nap now. Can you continue writing my essay, please? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd do it if we had pooled intelligence. So I'm like, all right, you learn wow. Spanish, you learn Greek, you learn Hebrew, you learn Chinese, you learn um, French, and then all of us will know how to speak these languages when one of us puts in the effort to study. I think I, if I could do that, like a combined brain, 100%. Mm-hmm. You're like just, a hive mind. Yeah, 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 hive mind, that's it, yeah. Yeah, but the problem is, is then you're like, you know, the queen bee, yeah, well, I would be on a cruise while my clones were studying. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. You, you would have, like, good standing in the community. It's like, wow, Monica does so much. You'd become, like, you'd become the female Johnny Kim. You know who Johnny Kim is? No. He's, like, a Navy SEAL astronaut, medical oh. doctor. Oh, oh, yes, 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 that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're, 100%. like, you become yeah, that. But I'll it's take because, the glory. Yeah. <laughs> and then people, like, reviewing your transcript. It's like, how are you in Afghanistan and at the same time at Harvard? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Of course, if there was clones, if we could clone ourselves, quote unquote, and just have like a full on another being who is you, but different than you right here, right now, the hope and the prayer would be that they would get to know Jesus. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? All your clones in heaven. (laughs) Uh, Now thinking about it, I don't know if I want those guys there. (laughs) You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and Monica is going to give us our first clue of the day. But, guys, you need to get in. This is your final opportunity. This is it. This is it. And you will go into the draw to win an amazing prize, which we'll talk about just in a bit. We're having our draw at 8.45 today. So get those phones ready. Get those thumbs ready to text in the answer to this quiz. Give us our first clue, Monica. Who am I? I protect those whose names are written in the book. Me? Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of it blasphemy. It is not Lawson. Uh, that's, Strike that, that from that the list. That is blasphemy. Okay, yeah, but it's not me. It's not me. Yeah, get, get in with the chance, guys. Today is the day that we do the, the big draw. We will be um, possibly taking home 40 days prayers and devotions on the nature and ministry of the Holy Spirit by Dennis Smith. It's a really wonderful uh, devotional um, book uh, guiding you through 40 days of mm-hmm. prayer um, and study. Uh, it is actually book 12 in his series. You don't have to do the whole uh, 11 before you do this mm-hmm. one. You can do them out of order. It's fine. But definitely a wonderful book to take home for yourself, for someone you know, you know either which way. Um, get in, in it to win it. Just tell us, who am I? I protect those whose names are written in the book. I'm going to assume that it's not the Queen's Guard. 
No, no. You know, is, is it that the Queen's Guards are pe- people with the poofy hats? I'm pretty sure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The beef eaters. The beef eaters? That's what they're called, beef they eaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Um, Why can't they be vegetarians? <laughs> I don't know. But um, I don't know if beef, I think beef eaters might actually just be colloquial term yeah. for them. I don't yeah. know if that's the actual proper, Cause proper they're, name. Dude, because they're, they're hard. Like, yeah. they're, they're legit. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Monica, what's happening in the world of positively different news oh, this morning? I just found out they're called beef eaters because they were permitted to eat as much beef as they wanted to from the king's table. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, th- awesome. but this is, like, going back to, like, uh, Henry the the Seventh, I think, when, like, mm-hmm. I guess when they had were rationing sure. food like that. And so, uh, yeah, um, but they were allowed to <laughs> Which is funny because if they'd done any study, they would have known <laughs> beef was not going to help them out. <laughs> some lentils. Yeah, they need to do it. Yeah. They, they need to take it out of Daniel's book. They just need to drink some water, take some supplements, you know. <laughs> <Not> supplements. <laughs> like some lentils. Like do what Daniel did mm-hmm. to become like the, the wisest in the court. He, he, uh, he, not only did he um, worship God, but he, he followed a plant-based diet. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. I've got some really cool news. Speaking of plants. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the thing that a bunch of countries are doing, led by, of all countries, Serbia, um, liquid trees? Liquid trees. Liquid trees. Mm-hmm. I know that yesterday you explained to me the concept of a, something. When you say something is liquid, it's actually a copy. Yeah, yeah. But actually that kind of fits in this as well. So they come up with this idea of liquid trees to counter the problem of air pollution. Uh-huh. So technically termed bioreactors, liquid trees are tanks containing 600 litres of water and microalgae. Mm-hmm. And the microalgae bind carbon dioxide and produce pure oxygen through so- photosynthesis. I'm going to show you a little picture here. Okay. It's basic. Look at these. Wow. So imagine you're walking down that the street. That is super green. It's cool. Hey, imagine you're walking down the street and you see a bus stop, but instead of like having like a glass shelter, it's like a double-walled glass. It's like a, almost like a, a tall, a, thin fish tank. Yeah. And inside is this beautiful, glowing green. green liquid. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I guess there's some sort of... Um, I don't know, air holes or something, so the pollution get get in and then the liquid can make its magic and, and uh-huh. convert it or something? Um, is uh, my, my question is, 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 wait, so what's the function of this again? It's to counter the problem of air pollution. Okay, They're so putting these up in the cities. Pollution. Because when you think of it, you know, we know that trees provide fresh air, right? Yeah. But it can take ages to grow a tree. Mm-hmm. So they, they basically are, are putting... Um, it's not really a liquid tree per se, but it is. It has the same function as a tree, yeah. and it's algae and water. Essentially. But it sucks in CO two and disperses right. Right. oxygen, okay. and double up as benches, and even offer power outlets to charge your mobile phone. And if they put bioluminescence in this thing, which they've done, like the bio right. the bioluminescent algae yeah. that they yeah. use to make street uh-huh. lights, it could be a, a light, a light, yeah, 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 a street light, yeah, which is great because it would be like. It was zero power usage. Zero carbon emissions. Yeah, it'd yeah. Be, it would be carbon neutral. Except you don't need to plug in, it just glows in the dark by itself. That's awesome. Yeah, so this is cool. So they've started um, they started a bit of a trend on social media, so you can go check it out. Just Google liquid trees and, and check this out. So they've been installed in the capital, Belgrade, and uh, they do. people are saying that it looks a bit like a science fiction film. Mm. Uh, but to, hey, you know what, once you're used to it, you're used to it. So they contain 600 litres of, of water, so it's, mm. quite, it's quite a lot, and all this microalgae. And, um, and yeah, and so it does emit an eerie green colour, but I actually think it's quite beautiful. I mean, green is my favourite colour. 
Um, so the, at the moment, the trees are solar powered and capable of replacing one 10 year old adult tree or a full 200 square meters of lawn. Wow. That's quite a lot. If you think to yourself, okay, I got to wait 10 years for a tree to grow big enough to do the job that this tank that they installed like what in a day can do. That's actually a, a great step forward. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so they can actually be built and installed much more quickly and they basically start producing, um, Processing the polluted air immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this. this. Is this coming from Serbia? This is coming from Serbia. Oh, yeah, yeah, Serbia yeah. responsible for liquid trees. And yeah, wobble one I mean, and <laughs> Belgrade is home to large coal plants, so mm-hmm. it does contribute to their severe air uh, pollution. Um, it's uh, I think at the moment um, the the concentration of PM two point five, which is the amount of pollution, is about four point three times. The um the WHO annual air quality guideline value. Okay, it's a World Health Organization, so it's four point three times <laughs> worse. Ooh. So they really need it. So yeah. yeah. So PM two point five. By the way, it, it, it refers to the presence of tiny dirt particles in the air that are a dangerous for us to breathe in. So it's, if you ever go to Belgrade, maybe consider wearing a mask. Yeah, maybe they need to install these in in places in Australia where they you know. Oh, in, our in our cities, in our cities, in our cities. Even if we don't have a PM rating as bad as um, Belgrade, why would we wait until it gets that bad? Like, well, for Newcastle here, so so this is the history of Newcastle. I'm the biggest Novocastrian ever. It, trust me, it relates to what we're saying. But in terms yeah. of like, um, it it as a city. So for decades, Newcastle was an industry town, right? Mm-hmm. And because there's the big port, the big coal port here, and so they used to process steel here as right. well. And because of that, like for the longest time, you know, up until up until the end of the 2000s, basically, if you looked out over the sea in Newcastle, like it was just from from Newcastle Beach, there's just this big ring of orange, oh, like on the horizon, ew. because it's uh, because of the processing of okay. steel, right? There's yep. there's pollution here. Yeah. And then as Newcastle, the city council wanted them to become wanted the city to become a more metropolitan area, you know, it's, there's a uni here, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, they stopped processing steel and, and other things here. And as a result, like, you know, you go into the city today and you go on a clear day and you can see everything clearly. And there's, you know, you go, you go to Newcastle beach, you look out over the horizon, there's no smog. I actually distinctly remember being like, you know, eight years old, being on the top of one of the hills in Newcastle, my dad pointing to me, oh, look, you can see the pollution here, da, 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 da. But now that pollution has moved more inland. So the ultimate way to solve this problem is to stop polluting, polluting, yeah, yeah right. like of which those factories, what has been the testament of Newcastle is that factories are a huge contributor to that. But I guess, you know, as the uh, the little girl in the taco ad says, you know, why, why can't we have both? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's that's the question that Belgrade is asking and answering right now yeah, with yeah. these liquid trees. Well, so this was awesome. developed by Dr. Ivan Spazojevic. He has a PhD in biophysical science, so good oh, on him. So he he's dubbed the liquid tree. Uh, he's developed the liquid tree, which has been dubbed Liquid Three. I don't know why I thought that was funny, but yeah, this is uh, the first urban bio- photobioreactor, and um, yeah, the team behind the project has even shown how the tank can survive in winter. Um, mm. you know, cause in Serbia it's very cold, um, snowy, icy, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and yeah, you can, if you want to check it out, it's, they've documented the whole process, everything from, um, installation to how it's going at the moment and the maintenance of, I mean, imagine it's a bit like a fish tank. You have to clean it up. Mm. <laughs> you can't just let it like go, but yeah, really cool. I've got one last piece of, I don't know, interesting news. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about the fact that they are trying, NASA is trying to swap their buggy. Uh, it's to um, explore the icy moon of Saturn. 
And mm. instead of like, you know how they have the, their rover, their new rover, instead of being buggy shaped, they are mm. aiming for a giant snake. Mm-hmm. I've never in my life heard of a snake shaped buggy, but they're hoping this all terrain slithering robot can. That ex- is the coolest thing in the whole world. No, it's giving me the heebie jeebies. Um, they're hoping it can explore tunnels, glaciers, and snow drifts on Saturn's icy moon of Enceladus. So it's supposed to be a four meter machine. It's called Eels or the Exobiology and Extent Life Survivor. <laughs> that is the coolest thing and I've if, ever heard. Yeah, if you look at the. They've got some renderings and uh, it's pretty creepy looking. That, okay, that is I- incredibly no, creepy, but yeah, it's like that's a, cool. Yeah, a snake shaped. Uh, robot to explore out of space. There you go, folks. Is it good news or is it bad news? We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Hey. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to the Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Monica, you need help. In so many ways. You need help in so many ways. Absolutely. <laughs> but right now, you're going to give us another clue for the quiz. So you're going to help us. But Monica. I, I, sorry, I'm trying to put on a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just coming undone at the scenes, seams, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so happy it's Sabbath tomorrow tonight. Yeah. I, I need some rest. Okay. Absolutely. Who am I? Clue number two. I am the chief prince. Well done, Brayden. You got it right. Brayden, I'm really disappointed with your silence yesterday. We talked about you quite a bit yesterday on the show and you didn't even message in once. What is up with that? Didn't he message in? No, I have a feeling he wasn't listening yesterday. We didn't talk about him quite a bit either. It's like We did. We discussed him at length, probably for an hour straight. Not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. <laughs> um, he also, <laughs> Brain said in, he said, uh, well, they no longer call it the Queen's Guard now, Lawson, which is whack. It's, yeah, it takes a bit of mind shifting to, to wrap around saying the king now. Yeah, I'm like, and God save the king. I know. What? Are you serious? And I think they're going to change the currency as well. They should just scrap money. Okay, I know that. Don't say that. Uh, there's a lot of people you know, who don't agree with me. And... I work on. I, I work in an op shop, and the amount of people that come in beefing about this, people who aren't religious at all, beefing mm-hmm. about how uh, how cash is being, like, you know, on the, on the shopping block. Mm-hmm. It, it, this week, earlier this week, I actually ordered some um, dinner from a Thai restaurant down the street from where I live, and they actually are so against getting rid of cash that they now are incentivizing people to pay cash. So you get a 5% discount if you pay cash. So That's because of the fees. No, 5% is more than the fees. So they're actually making less than if you were tapping. But it's so funny because I mean, for a while there, everyone's like, yeah, tap this and swipe that and carry on here. But now it's the other direction where they're incentivizing you to not tap. Because you used to be able to tap with anything. First it was your cards, then it was your phone, and you can even tap with your wristwatch. I know. And I, I, I and do all of those things. Yeah, and now it's the opposite direction. Now it's like, no tap, please pay us cash. No, it's, I... I, it's, I talk to them. It's, it's because they, they don't want cash to disappear. It's For me, it's either where I'm tapping or... We're, I'm not going back to paper money. You're going to okay? regret. I want to go back. I want to go back to the barter system. If you go, All right, if you I'm going to cashless... trade you a computer for you know for what look, for for look, two iPads. You're going to be what? What transferable skills do you have in a barter bartering? You're going to be a bit stuck. Oh, that... your whole generation is going to be a bit stuck. What do you mean transferable you skills? Even, you what are you talking have... about? As in, like if you if we if we went to a bartering system, uh-huh. Gen Z would be up the river without a creek paddle, whatever the saying is. Why? Why? <laughs> because what can you guys? You don't know how to fix anything. 
What are you talking I'm about? I'm talking about the fact that our, our grandparents could fix everything, right? Because they were taught how to do it. But as the generations trickle down, they've stopped in, um, teaching that to people because they don't want them to do it. They want to go get them to go hire someone who, like, you know, has all the ticks from the from the local government saying that they can do it and they can do it safely. Monica, Monica, okay. And now we can't do anything. I don't want to turn this into a session of me bragging, but I can actually do a lot of things if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't like know. Like rode a motorbike real fast. Like I can, and fix the motorbike. Can you do tiling? I can service your car. Can you talk? Oh, that's true. Actually, you are pretty good with cars. Yeah, yeah I can. Okay. I can. I can tune your music. But you're. A, but you would be. You'd be a. Um, I an can. Exception. I can fix your electronics. I, I don't. I don't care. I, you know. I. I, I just. I, I. think if. I. I, I could produce your album if you wanted to make music. <laughs> I'm just surprised that you would say. I could. Let's edit. go to a cashless society because if we went to a cashless society, the government is like. I already live one in a cashless step society. away from being able to control all our money, and that would just be handing it to them full control of our money. Okay, we I'm have very a, against a, a cashless yeah, society. I, I, I understand. I, but I guess simultaneously, the convenience of not having a, a, a pocket full of coin, but I think it's a bad idea to go cashless. <sighs> I would love to keep talking about this. We do need to do another clue for the quiz. Might come back to this, but do you want to do, you want to do a clue for the <laughs> yeah. quiz right now? Yes. Okay. Who am I? Clue number three. I disputed with the devil about the body of Moses. Hmm. Okay. Who? Just like we're disputing about cashless society. Absolutely. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Text us who you think that is. Oh, I just want to talk about this cashless society thing. I, I have. I, I definitely have a hobby horse in in regards to this because I think it's less of a problem than people. Think and, and are you serious? And from and from a biblical perspective, are you serious? Yeah. I'm so surprised at you right yeah. now. I think it's a much bigger problem from a biblical perspective. You know what? I'm gonna because we know about the buying and selling prophecy, right? Yeah. Okay, that's my exact point. But we're gonna we're gonna put that on the shelf. Okay. Okay. And we're gonna okay. come back to we're okay, gonna circle okay, back. Okay. okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put that on the shelf, and in the next hour, guys, send us some text messages. Let us know what do you think about um, the cashless society in regards you know, to what the Bible says about the well, end times. in regards to what the Bible says, but also how you personally feel. You know, do you want to live in a cashless society? Do you not want to live in a cashless society? And, you better be careful, Lawson. I might and, go and get Lyle on the phone. And why exactly? <laughs> right, get Lyle on the phone. Get Lyle on the get phone Lyle right now because he will he will agree with me. No, he won't. Absolutely, he will. He will not. Lyle's the most cashless just, person I know. He is, but he doesn't think it's a good idea to go cashless. Whatever. As a society. Hey, you're listening to the breakfast show, and we just got a text in from Freco, and he said the oldest Hebrew Bible sold for fifty-seven million dollars yesterday, which is one of the t- one of the stories I was going to talk about. I have oh, it right Freco, here. Go. Yeah. So absolutely, in Southersby in New York, it sold for. Well, he wrote fifty-seven million. Maybe that's a conversion to Australian dollars because it was thirty thirty-eight point one million USD um, oh, wow. that it ended up selling for. Uh, and it is the most valuable manuscript sold at auction. It was in the ANU Museum, which is, you know, um, of you know Jewish people in Israel. Um, and the book is thought to be written about eleven hundred years ago. So during the era of the Jewish diaspora, obviously, you know, the Jews didn't have a state of Israel at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jewish people in the Middle East wrote this Bible. Wow. And it's 1,100 years old. Wow. And it's one of the the oldest complete full text that has been sold, right? So, like, for example, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right, right. Yeah. Like, that is far oh, older, older, but simultaneously isn't going to be sold. Do we know who purchased it and what they're planning on doing with it? Please say it's a museum. We can all go have a look at it. Uh, oh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Uh, do, 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 do. 
Let's see. It was bought by, yeah, it was bought by a museum. It was bought by Alfred <gasps> Moses. So oh, we'll nice. Able, we'll be able to go and Put that to on my travel check list. it out. It's known, it's called the Codex Sassoon. Ooh, okay, so, okay. So you can go and check it out. I also have a story here, which, Monica, you are heavily encouraging me to share and to yes. talk about. Yeah. In terms of, you know what, reading this story. It was mind-boggling. I was mind-boggled. I was thinking, like, what's the spiritual application of this? Oh, I've got one for you if you have Okay, well, because I'm just thinking the depravity of humanity. Right. But but let's let's discuss this. So, essentially, you have a guy, his name's James Balcombe. Balcom, all right? He's down in Melbourne, and he's in the jumping castle industry. Bouncy castles, Which yeah. is, like, you know, the higher industry. There's there's plenty of companies all around the place. Higher, you know, yeah. you call them up. They've got, you know, mechanical bulls and jumping castles mm-hmm, and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that they bring along to your particular event, event to yep. do. Now, he's in the jumping castle game, and he's like, how do I get a leg up on the competition? So what does he do? He goes and burns their sheds down. He hires thugs yeah, to commit arson. To commit arson mm-hmm. and to burn the competition's shed down. Now, unfortunately, he starts to realize that this is incredibly short-sighted because he's the only one left. Yeah. And so then what does he do? He burns his own shed down. Mm-hmm. But it was too late. The police were already on to him. And he has been charged... Um, for, he's going to jail for 11 years. 11 years for bouncy castle arson. Uh-huh. Of all the, like, he's basically given his life for one of the most stupid things I can possibly imagine. Mm. Like, how can you, how can you toss your life away so easily? Mm-hmm. So, so is that your application is like, why yeah. throw your life away for just for really castles? bad life decisions when you're not looking to Christ? So the, the fact that the devil can take you that far that you're burning bouncy castles and going to prison for 11 years. Mm. Like, how can you not tell me that looking to Christ and living a Christian life is bad? Like, in comparison, so much better life choice. I think for myself, Mm -hmm. like, viewing this guy go down this track and do something so horrible for for bouncy castles, right? We sit here and we're like, that is the most ridiculous thing ever, like, Mm -hmm. to take out the competition and, and you know, Jumping cast. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Uh, we sit on the outside and we, we, we think that's ridiculous, I think, mm. because we are Christians. But at the same time, like, everyone has a dependence or mm-hmm. a vice or a perspective. Mm-hmm. I know f- for myself, so I used to race motorbikes at a professional level. I have friends who have died yeah. racing motorbikes. Yeah. Who have literally given their life. Um, and you can, I don't know if you say given, but have lost their life racing motorbikes because that is the present danger of motorcycle racing is that you die. You mm-hmm, could potentially mm-hmm, die if mm-hmm. you crash. And for me now, I sit here, I'm like, that is the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, why would you risk your life to such an extent for, for the sake of motorbike racing? Now, motorbike racing, riding is really fun and da, da 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 There's always risk involved in everything we do. But I'm like, that is an insane amount of risk. And that, that's an extent to go to for the sake of riding a motorbike. Really fast. But yeah. when I was 16... It was I, worth it. I'm there. Yeah. I'm I'm there. Yeah. I'm one of those people. That's that's yeah. that was my perspective and the only thing that changed that was the perspective that Christ gave me. That there is far more to live for mm-hmm. than motorbikes, bouncy castles, whatever it may be. Uh we we have a Jesus who has given us life and that we ought to follow. And I think you ought to be careful with your choices because I think this is also an example that if you give the devil even a little leeway, he mm. will take you another step further That's and another step crazy. further and another step further until instead of just providing fun entertainment for kids, you're suddenly being a thug and burning down people's livelihoods. Like mm. 
Think about your life choices. Following Jesus is a wonderful idea. Mm, absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You can see the plethora of comments coming through about this cashless society thing. You are going down. And I am ready to own all of you. Okay, <laughs> I am I'm ready for it. Pride hey, comes for a big, big fall also. Fair enough. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we are going to have another clue for the quiz. Monica, please. Who am I? Revelation 12 tells of me and my angels fighting against the dragon and his angels. Oh, We've been in Revelation this uh, this week. That's so. right. Revelation that that passage, Revelation twelve, and particularly that part where it talks about the 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 oh man, I was about to say the answer. The the dragon angels fighting. That should be a text that's committed to memory for people. Oh, that absolutely. is incredibly important. But hey, you're listening to the breakfast show this morning. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. And again, our prize for today, which is being drawn at eight thirty, is the forty days of prayer, getting to know the f- work and the function of the Holy Spirit. It's a devotional book, which will be a huge blessing to you. But right now we have on the phone, none other than Rod Bailey. Rod, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. You're joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Monica as well. And we are talking about all things garden and gardening and, and what's happening in, in the space of things that grow and are simultaneously edible. Yeah, but who who are you, Rod, and, and uh, what are you doing? Why are you on the uh, on the radio talking about gardens? Yeah, all right, good question. So um, we're organic vegetable growers near Port Macquarie on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Mm. And uh, with our small team, we grow about an acre and a half of veggies, which, you know, 30-plus crops at any one time. And we sell to local families at a weekly mar- a farmer's market. Mm. So, yeah, um, gardening's been part of my life all along. My parents were um, avid gardeners, and now I get to do it as part of our family business. Oh, Wonderful. Amazing. So it's it's been a, a family trade, you could say, that's been passed down, and and I, it's that's amazing that it's a passion for you as well. Yeah, no, we absolutely love doing it. You know, I've got the best office in the country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, here I am. Um, it's going to be 20 degrees today, um, cloudless skies, you know, gentle breeze coming out of the west, and I get to share um, my life with uh, kookaburras and magpies and blue wrens and Jackie Winters and all sorts of critters, as well as the lovely people I work with. We can hear them in the background yeah, really right can. now. We can hear them chirping. But that sounds incredible. That is the life. That is the life. Hey, so it, it, really, it really is, Lawson, and and we love sharing it with people too. Mm. Um, uh, we run events on our farm. We run mm. kids' workshops both in our garden and in the bush on our property. Oof. We have a camping ground where families come to experience farm life, and we also run series of workshops teaching people how to um, grow home gardens. So um, yeah, it's a it's a really fulfilling, um, meaningful life that we we're blessed with. That's incredible. Hey, if you're up in the Port Macquarie area, any listeners, mate, you gotta, gotta go and check out this place. Camping ground, garden. Is there, is there anything that you don't have? And my, actually, my mind immediately goes to probably like smog and pollution and um, <laughs> light pollution and, and car traffic noise. So you're just living the good life. Yeah. No, we, 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 as I said, we, we feel very blessed here and we, we love sharing it with, with other people. 
Yeah. Amazing. So, so I just want to know what's going on with your garden this month because we're coming into winter, right? So things must be changing. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, we're, we're um, 52 weeks of the year we're, we're planting things in our garden. We need to do succession planting so that we've got um, crops for harvest every week to, to service our 100, 150 families that we, we feed here. Um, but, yeah, it is a transition time. Um, those cold-sensitive crops are finishing up, things like the tomatoes and cucumbers and things like that. So we're, we're in the process of cleaning up those summer crops um, and um, everything going into the compost. Um, this is important for us. We need to keep our, mm. our resources on the farm. You know, we recycle resources to build fertility. And I just encourage any home gardeners out there um, to use their green um, vegetable, you know, vegetation recycle bin for anything other than giving organic matter to the council. Um, don't put your your old, you know, stuff you're pulling out of your garden and your weeds in a green bin and give them away. Um, keep it and compost it, you know. Oh. And if if you're living in in cooler climates where the leaves are falling um, in autumn, gather them up and compost them. You know, just just. Yeah, organic matter that comes out of homemade compost is just so important to the garden. Mm, absolutely, yeah. and I guess it's it's you, you know you're it's recyclable and and you are using the, the byproducts of what you're already doing. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's really simple, you know. Maybe another time we can we can talk a little bit about compost and how simple it is to do in the back the mm. backyard and different methods. Um, that people can use, but uh, I would yeah, love to um, know more about compost because yeah, for next time. Because honestly, I keep going to put things when I visit my parents in Tasmania. I keep going to put things in their compost, and I get yelled at because apparently you can't just put anything and everything in the compost. So that sounds like a good uh, thing to to talk about next time. No, it does. You know, and um, also at the moment, as I mentioned, we're continually planting, so we're planting cold tolerant crops at the moment because mm. you know we're going to get a frost here in the next week or two, so. <laughs> Lettuce and carrots and spinach and beetroot and spring onions and coriander and radish and pak choys and broccoli and all those. This sounds like a good stir fry. That's (laughs) that's powerful. That's about the the peak of uh, culinary joy for me is a good stir fry. Oh, we are friends. (laughs) I like a good stir fry. Do you do you cook soybeans as well that we can turn into tofu? That's that's the that that is the step. My, my kids in the past, you know, our kids grew up in the garden and we've grown soybeans in the past. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a crop that's easy to sell um, mm-hmm. in our demographic here. So, no, sure. we don't grow it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Lots of, fun things, lots of fun things to do in the garden uh, at the moment. Yeah, um, you know, time to plant citrus trees. It's time to plant your mm. spring flowering bulbs. It's time to pre- pre- prepare ground to plant bare fruited fruit trees if you want to add a few fruit trees to your to your backyard so yeah no lots of stuff happening oh, amazing that's exciting what else is happening in the world of hey, agriculture hey i got a bit of trivia for you okay um 2023 has been declared by the united nations as international year of millet I millet. love millet. You know what? what? Do you know what millet is? Yeah, it's like a, a grain. Sometimes I, I used to have it as an alternative to porridge a lot. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, that that's exactly it. You know, it's a it's a grass that produces small seeds or grains that 
you know, a, a really uh, a high quality carbohydrates and proteins, etc. Um, but one of its it's a couple of really fantastic things about millet is it's naturally gluten free. Oh. Um, so it's great for celiacs, and so people use it in cooking wherever we use rice, um, you know, or, or or as a porridge, like you mentioned, Mon. Um, and then they turn it into flour and make gluten-free millet pasta and millet chips and stuff. Oof. But, hey, here's the tip. My favourite way to eat millet is in the dish that our family calls millet mush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a type of it's a type of porridge. Um, uh-huh. We used to eat it as a, or we do eat it as a really hearty breakfast. But so this is how it goes: Desley fries up some onion and green capsicum in a pot. Then she, when that's when that's to a certain point, she adds the millet and water and a bit of salt, and then she cooks it till the millet absorbs all the water, right? Mm-hmm. And and then here's the key: she makes a creamy sunflower seed dressing uh-huh. that she mixes through, and and then she dry roasts some almonds, you know, just pop them in the oven, just make sure they don't get get too burnt. Almonds, and then toss them on top of the millet, and it is just the best. That sounds amazing. That sounds yeah. awesome. Do you want to come around and make that for us? But, hey, I just want to uh, ask. No, when, I'd have to send Desley. Oh, yeah, go on. We don't mind. Send her along. <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when you said that the United Nations has declared 2023 the International Year of Millet, are, are they, like, advocating that we just go to the, the supermarket and buy millet, or are they actually, like, encouraging us to grow it? Because in my head, I'm like, of all the things that I could grow, I feel like growing grains is, like, the last thing I'd attempt to do because it sounds, like, just so hard. Like, when I think of grains, I think of, like, enormous wheat fields being harvested by a header or yeah, something. Yeah. No, absolutely right. So um, we can use it in a garden. I'll talk about that in just a moment. But, um, no, it's it's impractical for you in your home garden or me even on my acre and a half to grow millet because of the processing challenge, mm-hmm. okay, um, the harvesting and processing. So um, why the United Nations is encouraging us to do it is because um, not only is it super healthy for us, but also it's Compared to the big three grains like wheat and corn and rice, it needs very, comparatively very little water to survive and thrives oh. in hot environments. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's like it's a staple in Asia and Africa. People grow it, they process it on their small farms, and it, it's a major food and, you know, a major source of nutrition for them. And the United Nations is just encouraging us you know, to think about alternative um, sources of high nutrition. So just as an illustration, back in the, I think it was 2013 or something, was the International Year of Quinoa. Oh, right. Yep. And no one knew anything about quinoa until mm-hmm. it was really promoted. And now people are eating it everywhere. And I guess they're hoping to do the same thing with, with millet. Gotcha. Yeah. I guess they're trying to create a demand, which then like commercial farms will then respond to as opposed to like everyone growing a patch of millet in their backyard. I understand. That's cool. I'm going to get into that. Do you know what? I'm going to buy some millet on the way home. I think that's a good yeah, idea. Give it, do you, do you yeah, know? and if, if you want Desley's recipe for I millet do. mush, uh, let me know and I'll share it. But 100% how, do. <laughs> how you can use this millet millet in the garden is that it's, it makes a great green manure crop that improves mm. your oh. garden soil. You plant it in spring, you know, put it in a legume like cow peas or sun hemp, and then you knock it down and incorporate it into your soil, which 
will add a bunch of organic matter and will feed the all-important soil biology a bunch of yummy stuff they will go to town on. So I, one reason why I mentioned this, Mon, mm-hmm. is you know we were talking last time about your sad garden patch. Yes, my two-by-four, mm. yep. Yeah, and I mentioned the benefit of getting, you know, helping the soil back to fertility by getting the soil microbiology back to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so a great way to do that is with a cover crop or a green manure crop, okay? And you're really feeding all those little critters in there that you can't even see, and it really brings life back to the soil. And and large-scale farmers are using this technique more and more, and it works just as well in our home gardens. Okay. That's really good information. Do you you want to update on my garden, by the way? Yeah. Okay, so... A little bush came up and it's actually flowered. I can't believe it. I mean, it's a little bit disappointing because I literally planted 24 packets of flower seeds and <laughs> only one came back. And I mean, it's got these little ruffly uh, orange-yellow flowers. Don't ask me what it is. I've got no idea. Um, but next to it, this weird cabbage-looking thing has come up and then next to that one, this weird purple basil-looking thing has come up. And it's just, just blowing my mind because I had no point planted anything remotely basil or cabbage So <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, stupefying me, but something has grown. It's a miracle. <laughs> I know. I'm not game to eat it because I'm like, I didn't plant you, so I'm not 100% sure what you are, so I'm not putting you in my mouth. Um, but something has come up, although not a lot has come up. And unfortunately, this week it got vandalised, so yeah. Oh, yeah. your garden got vandalized. Yeah, I actually predicted that from the start. It's, it's, uh, the garden is in a, in a pretty rough, um, socioeconomic area. And that was actually the reason why I didn't go straight for seedlings or established plants. Cause I knew if I put them up, they would get stolen because the ones on the, on the main street that the council has planted have all been stolen out of the plots on the sidewalks, um, on the footpaths. And so I went for the seeds cause I thought it would come up. You know, slowly and sort of, uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't catch people's attention, um, until it was already in bloom. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, someone, uh, went through and like basically stomped and broke off a whole bunch of stuff and threw, um, big bins on top of it. Yeah, anyway. What? What, what can I do about that, by the way? If I, if people beat them up. If, no, if people have like snapped off, um, plants, is there any sort of rescuing them? Mm, it, it depends how, how completely the stem is snapped. Um, you know, if, if uh, I've I've actually splintered plants in the past, you know oh. where they get snapped, but some of the, uh, you know it's it's still holding on. I'll straighten it up and I'll put a little stick there and wrap some tape around it or something. And sometimes it'll take. Um, and some plants actually, you know, even if snapped right off, will actually sprout um, below. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, but it just depends on what type of plant it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't help you with that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Identification, yeah. not my strong point. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope um, once your garden is alive and flourishing, Mon, that, that your neighbours will respect it and and just take whatever food they need from it and leave the rest of it happy. Yeah, but do you know what? Talking to you, I think I have a new plan. Once these flowers die off, um, my mother's actually requested that I, I post her some of the seeds that'll be coming from the little roughly flowers. But I think once they once it dies off, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the millet thing. I'm gonna head for the year of the millet thing and 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 stick a cover crop in there and maybe enrich that soil. I think that's a really great idea. Yeah, I reckon it really is. And you know, maybe maybe next time we get together, we can we can talk at some length about cover crops and how to use them in your garden and which ones to plant when and 
you know, maybe some other strategies at, you know, getting that microbiology in the soil really cranking because th- that that really is a key to gardening success because I don't know whether you realise it, that the plants and microbiology work together. Um, the plants actually feed microbiology. They, they put exudates out from their roots into the soil to feed the bacteria and the other critters that are there. And in that, in that exudate, it actually signals to the microbiology what nutrients the plant needs. And then the microbiology makes it available to the plants. And so oh there's this incredible symbiotic thing happening down in our soil that we're only just discovering. You know, we've found out that no one is selfish down there. You know, yeah. everything, everything in nature only takes to give. You know, it's like, it's only the selfish hearts of humans that, that, you know, acting yeah. in the often do, but in nature, everything's taking to give. And, you know, so maybe we can talk about that next time and really get, get stuck into that microbiology in, in your garden. Cover crops and compost. I'm going to hold you to it. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.